Are you ready to eliminate your credit card processing fees? Visit www.pairpayments.com and use code Jake for $250 Visa gift card when you join today. Hey, welcome back everybody to Under Pressure Podcast, where we are going to talk about all things business under pressure. Today we have with us Kurt Spencer. Kurt, how are you today? Doing good, John. How are you doing? Awesome. So glad you came on today to join us uh, on Under Pressure. Kurt is the owner of Heavenly Sunshine Property Services. Kurt, where exactly are y'all located? We're located in uh, our offices in North Mississippi, uh, just outside of Memphis. Uh, Memphis is our primary market. Uh, we do work it's primarily in the Memphis, immediate Memphis area, but we do go about an hour and a half, uh, probably I'd say 90 mile radius. Uh, to some larger areas, uh, more rural areas that have some larger projects that we'll, we'll go to annually. Nice, nice. Well, Kurt, t- tell us a little bit about your story. Like what, what, why did you, uh, how did you get into this? How, what, why, why window, clean? first of all, what all do you guys do? do uh, window cleaning, power washing, all of the above? Yeah, all of the above we do. Uh, we got started window cleaning. Uh, when I started, uh, we've added pressure washing. Uh, we do facade cleaning of building ceiling uh, we're trying to progress into the waterproofing side of it nice. uh, I, I guess I was kind of kind of born into it uh, when I was young two three my parents started a, my mom started a maid service uh, my dad was going to seminary and uh, my mom started cleaning houses on the side and I grew that in the late 70s to the by the mid 80s she had a, a pretty large residential maid service uh, I think she has about 30 employees um, and so I grew up in service business and uh, spent my summers either when I was kindergarten, spent my summer passing out flyers, uh, you know, doing whatever kind of work parents, you know, had us doing that summer. And then as I got older, we would go to the houses and actually have to do the work. Uh, they started adding on uh, window cleaning uh, for the residential clients. Of course, we knew nothing about it and we were just, you know, using rags and Windex to start. Uh, kind of grew that and then I, I gravitated towards the window cleaning just because as a you know a young boy I'd much rather be outside climbing ladders and sweating than be inside dusting and mopping uh, so I, I grew up in that and then they started picking up some large uh, construction cleanup jobs when they in Tunica Mississippi they built a lot of casinos in the late 90s uh, mid to late 90s and we were the largest cleaning service around so at that age, you know, by that time I was old enough that I was managing crews for and uh, made some some connections. Uh, and I wanted to really grab, I wanted to go do commercial window cleaning. And neither one of my parents really thought there was a that was very good business to get in because it can get pretty cutthroat. Uh, a lot of people try to underbid, and you know, there's some shady businesses out there. But you know, my philosophy was they can't all be that way. Uh, you know, somebody's got to be running a legitimate business. Sure. And, um, and so I started focusing my energy there, uh, had a few opportunities come up and was able to capitalize on them and, you know, just kind of use that as a springboard to, to get going. So, so over the last 20 years, we've gone from, you know, doing strictly window cleaning to, you know, I'd kind of gotten out of the residential side and strictly into commercial. Now we're doing, you know, commercial, residential, windows, pressure washing, roof cleaning, soft washing. Um, facade cleaning so nice i can't remember so 
you were kind of bored into it, but but you chose like it's still that. Uh, I'm sure you could probably remember that pivotal moment where you were like, "Am I going to propel into this? You know, I'm going to be the entrepreneur, not 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 my parents." Uh, and I'm kind of taking it a little bit different direction. What what really inspired that? Why 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 be an entrepreneur and deal with the headache of hiring and firing and doing all the things versus just going out and working for somebody and, and collecting that paycheck. Yeah. So, so growing up in the, in the family business, I got to witness, you know, or I grew up in, in a business. So to me, that was kind of what I understood about, um, about how it was supposed to be, you know, you're kind of, you're your own boss, but you know, you're also, you're the one responsible if things don't go right. Uh, there's not someone else that, you know, that you report to it's, you know, the buck stops here. So it's, uh, it's kind of your fault if things go good or bad. Uh, and I, I like that. I like that, that control of, uh, your effort, energy and time. And, you know, and to me, that kind of makes it more of a, uh, I'm a very competitive person. And to me, that makes it more of a strict competition because, you know, what my company does under, under my guidance is a direct reflection of what I think I can do or, or how I can get it done. Uh, as opposed to if I'm working for someone else, I'm limited by the whoever it is that is uh, calling the shots. Um, but my, me and my, my mom's a very, very strong-minded individual, um, much like myself. Um, a lot of times when you put two people like that together, they get along very well. So <laughs> I wanted to, you know, I kind of wanted to branch off and go my own direction and do my own thing. Uh, and and I had taken an interest in that exterior. Uh, exterior cleaning and I knew that was something that, that they didn't do. So I wasn't stepping on their toes of any kind of service they were already providing. And it's something that I already had some knowledge in and, and some desire to do it. So when I had an opportunity to come up to me, it was, hey, I can do this. And I wanted to uh, you know, I wanted to try to take my shot and and see what I could do. And um, you know, and it's it all happened so long ago I can't remember you know, specifics other than I know that I wanted to be independent and I wanted to, you know, I felt like I could do something with it. And, uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to do pretty well uh, for the last few years. But, you know, again, I think I'm at a point where it's, uh, you know, I feel like I need to do more uh, just to just to try to continue to, to fulfill, you know, whatever potential I think I've got. Nice. <clears throat> That's awesome. Uh, so, what so far what do you think's what do you think's gone great about about it like uh you you and the business itself obviously you guys are successful you're doing great things you're making good money uh and you know you guys are looking at potentially expanding and things like that but besides kind of the office the obvious what's what's really gone great well for me i mean it's you know i don't know where the business starts in my life and my life outside the business ends you know it's kind of all merged together uh for me i feel like i've got a really good balance between between what the business offers the the time i need to commit to it uh but then also the time i've got away from the business to do to do other things i want um nice. you know one of the one of the greatest things that, that having this has offered me it's you know my boys grew up they're grown now they're both in college but you know we grew up playing baseball from a young age and i was telling both my sons um last year as they were kind of debating their college degrees 
I was telling him, you know, hey, the whole time you grew up, we traveled all over the country playing baseball, you know, weekend after weekend, uh, just nonstop. And, you know, there was never a time that I told him I cannot go to your tournament this weekend because I've got to work. Uh, or, you know, we don't have enough money to do that this weekend. Or, uh, you know, we're not going to be able to get a hotel room tonight. We need to, you know, drive home. You know, it was uh, not that I made an extreme, extremely well off, but, you know, I was comfortable enough and flexible enough in my time to make that happen. And, and to me, that's one of the greatest things that I've gotten out of it. Now, as, as they're grown, you know, I'm trying to focus more on, you know, what's the future look like if grandkids come around or, uh, you know, as my young girls, you know, get bigger. Uh, yeah. But some of the relationships that I've made, uh, you know, again, like my personal relationships and my business relationships are, are kind of one and the same. Uh, a lot of good friends I've met, you know, either through business uh, associates, uh, through customers, through associations, um, you know, just a lot of really good relationships and um, that just make it all, you know, seem effortless. Pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, so I met Kurt, uh, we went out to, um, of course I worked for Bergflow uh, and Kurt, uh, obviously he he's someone that, is one of our clients at Bergflow, but um, we we went out. Dirk has a, a big ranch called Maris Adventure Park, and Kurt and Jonathan and Wesley and a bunch of us went out there, and we had a great time hanging out, camping, uh, doing some weird caving and all kinds of junk that I was not. I'm a little claustrophobic, but Kurt was all in, man. He's like diving in the cave, ready to go. <laughs> uh, there, was, there was one cave I had to turn around and say, I, I, I can't fit through that. And I saw Amy almost get stuck. I was like, well, she's getting stuck. I know I ain't getting through there. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had a really good time out just hanging out. We had some great food, great conversations. Uh, the, and, and of course, anytime you're camping and this land is beautiful, it's, it's, it's in the Canyon. So that's when I met Kurt and, and Kurt's a, a great dude and, uh, learning about his business and, and what he's been doing. Um, it was just a, it was a fun time for me and I learned a lot about you and, 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 and just about business. There's a lot of things that I just didn't know, uh, as we had these conversations. Um, and then, um, so did what did you think about that Maris Adventure Park out there? How did how did you feel about that place? Man, that was that was insane. Like it was uh, that was one of those things where it was uh, it's hard to describe just how one just how beautiful the country is. You know, when I've never been out to West Texas, you know, hear songs about it, and you know, but it's definitely in a flyover part of the country, uh, and I've flown over it a thousand times, but. Uh, you know, never actually been there. And it's something, you know, the Jeep trail riding, you know, sounds super fun, but it's probably not something that I would take the time to go schedule and try to put together just because that's not really something that I spend a lot of time doing. Uh, but it was insanely uh, fun. Uh, it was uh, it was great spending the time there because uh, we were off the grid pretty much, uh, you know, sleeping in tents and, and no cell phone service, especially once you got down in the Canyon, uh, you know, but just hanging out with everybody and spending that much time with everybody to get to talk to them and get different stories. Uh, I mean, I know your story's crazy. Just all the, all the things you've done, uh, you know, your, your past uh, career was a little more adventurous than, you know, <laughs> what we're in now. Uh, but it was, uh, 
it was a great experience. Um, I mean, I didn't I didn't know exactly what to expect. I expected it to be fun, um, but it definitely exceeded expectations. Uh, now the caving, I mean, it was it was fun. Uh, I'm just glad I didn't get stuck. Uh, I know we got a video out there somewhere where I almost got stuck, but I did manage to get through it. So, yeah, I think I've seen part of that video. <laughs> I I wanted no part of the cave, which actually, if I, I I went in part of the ways there, I just get yeah. me in a tight space, and I'm I'm feeling pretty pretty bad. That last cave was not made for people my size or your size. <laughs> no, no, and neither one of us are small people, so these yeah, are right. some pretty tight areas. So uh, that was it was it was a lot of fun though. But that's the kind of stuff that you get to go do, and. Uh, and not just things like that. Um, you've kind of set up your business now where you have the opportunity um, where you're going to devote that time. Like you were saying, you're going to spend time with your kids. You're going to spend time with, uh, with friends and, and groups. And, um, you know, there's this, this thing uh, that people say about, uh, you know, who you're surrounding yourself with and, and who you're growing with and all of that. So, um, uh, what is it? The, the law of the average of five or something similar to that. Yeah. You ever heard that? Yeah. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. What do you think about that? I I believe it. Uh, I play a lot of golf though. I don't know if I want them to average in, but, <laughs> but I'm, I, I kid. They, uh, I've got some, some really good buddies that, um, uh, entrepreneurs themselves that uh, that I do play golf with but you know even working with bird flow you know to me it means a lot to spend time with you know with you or with with Dirk or with Wesley just the communications we have or the the calls we have I mean I think that you know even if it doesn't put them in the the five people I spend the most time with I think that you know you still average out to the people you spend time with and it's always good to have people that are good influences that are that are trying to help you focus on moving in the right direction, um, you know, on an agreeable direction that you you obviously want to try to move. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just some of that like-minded thinking and, and, you know, if, if you're surrounding yourself with these guys that, you know, you know, they're, they're down, they're always complaining and it's, there's, there's nothing positive happening or, you know, sometimes that can get pretty old. So if you can kind of, you know, you're, you're competitive, you're, you know, you've got that spirit, that drive to do things you want, you want to be around that. And, um, and sometimes it takes a little bit of that to be around, to change people's mindsets, um, from that negativity. Uh, so, I don't know, it was a great time. Um, so let's get into some of your, you know, your window washing, power washing, um, now you guys have some pretty big clients, is that right? Now we don't have to name them; uh, doesn't matter to me. But you've got some pretty high-profile clients. Yeah, we do. We do a lot. Of, the bulk of our business is based off of you know handling like large facilities, uh, you know, campus multi-building, uh, building campuses, uh, large, large buildings that require different types of access. Uh, you know, so so with that, we kind of limit the the number amount of competition that we can have, just because there's only a select few people that that have the capacity to to operate. You know, at a large scale. Uh, you know, when you look at at an airport or a you know a, a business park that's got you know 
10 buildings, uh, you know, or campuses, uh, you know, there's just, it can be a lot and there's a, each building's got its own unique challenges. Um, and so we've been able to position ourselves to where multiple ways to access uh, any type of building that we're any structure we're going to find in the Memphis market. Uh, but that pretty much, you know, across the country. Now, if we went to a, a larger city, we're not as set up uh, to focus on doing really high rise type building. You know, we've got some of the equipment that you would need to do it, but I'm not, I'm not customized for that type of work, you know, more mid rise type things, but, but yeah, we've got some large clients that we, we do a variety of different services for, um, you know, got them set up on maintenance schedules and, uh, you know, it's, it's worked out pretty well. It's kind of found our little niche, you know, here. Nice. So when you're, when you're going after, was that, uh, like if you were going after those clients, was that something that, um, did you, did you do that automatically early on or was it something that you pursued? Did you fall into that or was it literally like, I'm going to walk in this, this high profile client and try to see if I could talk to the owner or whoever's in charge of this outfit. Yeah. So I kind of, uh, you know, a lot of things, a lot of things just happen. You know, there's opportunities around us every day. And a lot of times it's just a matter of if we reckon, if we're at a point in our life where we recognize it or not, uh, you know, I happened to have an opportunity come up and, and I just was in a good spot to recognize it. Um, I've recently kind of started my own commercial window cleaning, uh, had knocked out a couple of big jobs. Uh, and we had a, a large client here in, uh, in Memphis, uh, that had moved their headquarters here, they, their headquarters here, but they were building a brand new headquarters and, they want someone who caters to them. You know, they want somebody who obviously treats them like probably like they deserve to be treated. I mean, they're, you know, they're a top notch client and they want top notch service. And there was nobody that was uh, able to provide that service to them. And here I was a, a brand new company that really had no experience working on that scale, but I got a call to go out there and do a small portion of work. And I did it. And I was like, Hey, you know, now it's not so overwhelming. I can go do that much more work. And I kind of, went back to them and talked to them said, Hey, I want to do all your work for you. And they was like, okay, well, you know, give us a proposal. So, so you know, I kind of, the, the door opened and I was able to get in and do a little bit of work. Um, and I was kind of able to, to nurture that relationship and build that up into, you know, into getting all their work in a, a relatively short window. Uh, and then of course, over the 20 years that we've been out there, you know, I've been able to, to recognize some needs they have and, and kind of communicate those with them and, and really help hone in exactly what they want and, and what they need from us. Uh, and, and part of what we really try to do is we try to, we try to be their eyes on the job site, you know, as a, as a property manager, they can't, they can't inspect all their buildings all the time. Uh, but we've got guys that are on their buildings all the time. So it's a lot easier for us to, if we notice things that are in need of repair or, or something's, uh, out of place, you know, for us to communicate that with them, it really kind of makes us a partner with them and, and any property manager, regardless of whether they own the property or just manage it, you know, appreciates that because in the type of business we do, we're accessing areas that nobody else is going to see besides us uh, a lot of times. Um, but, but yeah, we had kind of got, got my foot in the door, got the, got it worked out. And then, um, and then it wasn't long after that, we had another, uh, large uh, 
hospital called us. Um, actually, it was St. Jude called us uh, and wanted us to come out there and do work. And we've been out there for about 20 years now. Uh, it was one of those, you know, they weren't able to get the customer service they wanted. Uh, you know, a lot of these customers, uh, they don't want you to bring headaches to them. They want you to bring solutions. And, you yes. know, and as long as you just focus on that, that's that's what they want. They don't. It's a lot of these problems that we're fixing aren't, aren't problems they understand. So they don't want us taking a problem back to them and tell them, hey, here's a problem. I don't know what you want to do with it. You know, they want us to come back to them and, and tell them either it's fixed or here's what here's who needs to fix it. Yeah, we got the solution or we can tell you where to find the solution. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So it sounds like what you said is basically this, you know, that first really larger client really started out with kind of a small job that you were willing yeah, to, to do. I would consider it small. I would consider it small by my standards today. It was, still right. wasn't small. Um, the, uh, our, our first, the first big customer that we've got, it's, it's FedEx, it's headquartered here, but they have a, they host an annual golf tournament at TPC Memphis and their headquarters is built on this golf course. Like it's built around part of the golf course. Uh, so they wanted us to come clean the windows on three of the buildings that face the golf course. So we're only cleaning half of three buildings. Uh, but to me, that was a, it was a pretty big job for the time because I just had a couple of people working with me and it was a lot of work for, uh, for the way we were accessing it. We don't have access all figured out yet. Uh, so we were trying to do it all out of lifts. It was a slow process. Um, but once we got that figured out, we knew we could do it. Then we, I went back to them and approached them and said, Hey, let me finish these buildings. Let me do the other half of these buildings and I'll, you know, cut the price down. And, uh, and they're like, fine, you know, go ahead. And then once I finished that, then I, I completed three buildings on their, their campus. Uh, and I'm like, well, Hey, you know, I want to do all the buildings. And, you know, they had nine on the campus then, uh, or there were eight then there's nine now. Uh, and so I, okay, you know, it's fine. You know, give us a price, but then, you know, they have multiple campuses around Memphis. So it ended up being, 32 or 33 buildings, you know, around Memphis. But since I was able to do those three, it gave me enough information that I could look at them and I could confidently say, Hey, I know it takes X number of hours to do one building. And I could model my, you know, I could model my proposal, my proposal off of that. And so it, you know, and they were willing to, they weren't, they weren't, uh, they were willing to work with me. They were, yeah. you know, they were easy. They knew, they knew what they needed and they knew it didn't exist. Um, uh, and, you know, and they knew that I was going to do everything in my power to make sure they were happy. Uh, and I, it's kind of how I've maintained the relationship with them and, and all of our customers for that matter. You know, once, once we get a customer, it's, uh, I feel like we do everything we can to ensure that, that we're providing them with everything they need. Plus, you know, plus some, uh, if we're their eyes on the ground, if we're, you know, if we're helping make their job easier, not just by doing our job, but by communicating with them and, and helping them get the information they need about their property. Uh, you know, I think that really helps nurture that relationship as they look at you as a vendor, uh, you know, completely outside of just personality and, and how you get along with them personally. Uh, but if you're just providing the service you're supposed to and you're and you're providing them with helpful information, it's going to they're going to see a lot of value in that. Nice. Uh, I had uh, Kevin Hargis on not long ago yeah. on the podcast and yeah. uh you know, you guys have said some similar things about uh, taking that opportunity when it kind of presents itself, you know, like there's something there and no job necessarily may not, it may not be too small, uh, but 
you could have left it, you know, you could have left that hanging there on that. Like, look, all right. Yeah. I got to clean these fronts. That's cool. High five. Let's let's, but you know, you took the opportunity to say, look, man, I, you know, I want to, I want to come in and I want to take care of you guys. And even though maybe you weren't scaled to do that at that moment, that, you know, that takes courage and kind of a little bit of bold nature to step in there and say, I can handle this. Yeah. So things it's like, uh, you know, fake it till you make it. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, if I got in, I felt confident that I could do it. Uh, you know, the one thing I was, the only concern I really had was if they were pushing me on a timetable, uh, I could see my timetable getting squeezed if I didn't have the manpower to, you know, to accelerate my projected time. Uh, but I was able to, I didn't run into any major obstacles there, you know, back, back then, you know, in the early two thousands, it wasn't too hard to, to find help. Uh, you know, it wasn't like today's market where it's, uh, it's pretty tough, you know, finding help, especially in a labor market. Uh, but I, I was, uh, you know, I'd, I'd grown up in a business that while it wasn't identical, I, I saw a lot of the issues. And so I'd already, feel like I'd identify problems that I'd seen through my parents' company, uh, through working in it, through having relationships with the employees there, you know, me, myself being an employee there for, you know, my entire life until I was, you know, probably 20, early twenties. Um, but you know, I had some really good friends that I worked alongside and, you know, and so I'd identified like from the employee perspective, I identified problems that, that I saw in the business. And then as I started mine, I just tried to, tried to avoid some of the the issues that I thought were problems and uh, and think of ways to improve them. And, and, you know, now here it is 20 years later and I'm still trying to figure out ways to improve them. And, uh, and I'm still finding, you know, issues that I've got and problems that I'm, you know, that I'm causing or uh, are not addressing, but, you know, I think it will never be perfect, but, you know, I think we just got to, I can identify the problem and I can, I can try to identify a solution. And that's kind of how I entered that, that market was, I knew the problem and I knew the solution. I just had to see if I could you know, make it all work in the right time. Right. So now you've got some of these big clients, obviously, uh, as I can imagine, and I don't know about uh, where you're at there particularly, but there's gotta be uh, maybe a little competition. That's like, Hey man, I'd, you know, I'd love to come in and take this over. Um, what are the things that you do, you know, and, and really big or small, I guess, what is it you're doing to really maintain these, these larger scale clients? Cause I, I know if I had a, a, a business and, and I've got windows, I want clean, I've got things that I need power wash. If somebody walks in the door and says, well, I can do this for a lot cheaper. Um, now there's lots of things I'm going to have to consider, like what, how am I being treated and all these things, but what are you doing to, to really maintain these and, and to make sure that that company is completely satisfied? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we, we've been, FedEx is saying you are two biggest customers. We've got a lot of other long-term customers and mainly, you know, it's what can we do to make their, job easier or what to make their facility better uh and if we do everything in our power to drop up a hat take care of a problem they've got it's unlikely that they're going to forget that when it comes time to uh to re-up their contract or to rebid uh you know there there have been all, all of these companies that have 
you know, gone out to bid multiple times since they've been on our client. Um, certain that we were not the cheapest bid, um, you know, every time. Uh, I don't know. I didn't disclose bids, but um, I'd be surprised if somebody didn't come in and bid. Uh, but they chose to stay with us because they know that their problem is fixed if we're there. I mean, they don't have an issue. Like, you know, it's if they hire somebody else, there might be a whole new to come with that person. And, you know, and what's the price of that? Uh, you know, what's the cost of, uh, of having someone there that's not looking out for your property, that's not reporting, you know, damage on areas that, that are unrelated to us? You know, you know, for our customers, like if we see a light bulb that's out, you know, we take a picture of it. We tell them where it's at. We email, hey, you know, you got a light bulb out in this building. Uh, has nothing to do with our with us, but as a property manager, you can't go look at all the light bulbs. Uh, you know, we see a lot of broken glass. You know, lawnmower, lawnmower throw rocks and break windows. Of course, we're we're cleaning the glass, but we'll we'll tell them. Um, I'm gonna lie. We live in Memphis. So we've seen lots of broken glass, bullet holes in them. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I think as long as you're a you know, as long as customer service is, is number one uh, and you're providing it, you know, price will be secondary. I mean, price still matters. You still need to be competitive. Uh, but if you've got that relationship built and you, if they know you're doing everything in your pad, everything you promised and then some, uh, you know, that goes a long way when you get, when you get back to the contract. And a lot of times if there does need to be a, some type of concession made on the contract, uh, you know, they're a lot more willing to communicate that with you and kind of let you know what they need as opposed to just starting over from scratch with somebody new. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, you know, we're in the service business and, you know, and nothing trumps customer service. Uh, yeah. You know, it's especially if you get into, especially if you get to properties where they own their property, uh, you know, we've kind of notice the difference in that, you know, the difference in property managers and then property owners, um, uh, if you're dealing with someone who they they actually own the property that they're occupying, uh, a lot of times they're a little more flexible on on how they'll work with with you, simply uh, because they want to make sure that it's taken care of at a very high standard. Uh, and sometimes when you get into like property managers, they're more concerned about their, their budgets and you know, making sure things come in at budget, which they still set standards and they still want things taken care of. You know properly um but a lot of times they just they're handcuffed by some group or, or somebody because you know they might they might cut on their service to meet a budget as opposed to just understanding hey the service called and what you've got budgeted yeah yeah <clears throat> so if, if if you had to suggest like someone who's out here some of these guys we, we got a lot of listeners that um you know, some of them are just starting out. Some are, you know, maybe they're several years in, but um, we have a tendency to have a lot of, whether it's power washing, window washing, any any of these businesses, uh, residential, commercial, doesn't matter. But when they're really trying to go after um, maybe some of these more uh, contract clients that they're bigger jobs, they're obviously going to bring in a lot more than what many of them are used to from one uh, one place um what what is like a a should do like if you're gonna go in you're gonna try to gain this this large client what would be one thing you would think this is what you should do um right away to get their attention and and hopefully their business yeah um you know we're 
when I'm approaching a job and depending on what level you're at, like where you're coming in from, like you've got a lot of experience, you know, some things just you're already doing. Uh, if you're starting from scratch, you know, it's, it's kind of different. Uh, you need to completely understand like the service you're providing. Uh, and you need to understand it on a level that's better than anybody, any of your competitors. Uh, and you need to, you need to understand it on a level that you can explain it to the, to the customer. Because a lot of times if you can go in and you can explain to the, to the property manager, the owner, uh, the service you're providing, and you go into details about it, uh, you can bring up some points and some things that, that other companies might overlook or might not be including in their price. And so that can kind of be a differentiator on your, on your quote. Uh, you know, you don't need to try to, in my opinion, you don't need to, to try to worry about lowballing a bid. You need to try to price what you think is fair. Uh, now that doesn't mean you can't price something to get your foot in the door, you know, if you can, and then you can kind of figure out a little more details from there. Uh, but you know, you need to be fair with yourself and then you need to, to ensure that you know enough to, to the customers going to trust you to be the one to do it. Um, you know, if you, if you inspect their property, when you provide a proposal, uh, you know, there's information that you're going to get when you go give that proposal that, you know, would be valuable to that property manager that you, they don't even know they need. Um, you know, if you're familiar with OSHA codes, uh, you can inspect their building. You can see things that might not be up to code on their building that technically you're not doing work there yet. So it wouldn't matter to you, but yeah. you can bring it there and let them know, Hey, here's some things I noticed on your building. Uh, but you know, some, something that just kind of make it out to say, Hey, I'm going to look out for you and I'm trying my best to, to share any, anything that I know or any, anything that would help you from, from the I'm familiar with, uh, you know, I'd be happy to share and, and try to help, um, you know, try to be your partner in, in maintaining this project. Nice. So knowledge going with knowledge, uh, kind of make sure you're, you're very clear that you are the guy and you know exactly what you're doing and be honest and open with them about like, Hey, here's the property and, and be helpful to them. So being helpful yeah. and being knowledgeable, that sounds like uh, great advice. Um, so if you had one, like avoid, like you should avoid doing this. Do not, do not do this as early as possible in this process. What would that be? One thing I, I can't stand doing is, is cutting my price because the customer complains about it being too high. Um, now that doesn't mean that I don't ever work my price down a little bit, but, but I don't want to go in and match a low bid because uh, typically the low bids, probably someone who's figuring out a way to cut a corner somewhere. Sure. Uh, and it might be something as simple as, you know, they're not, they're not covered by the proper kind of insurance. Uh, you know, where I'm, where I'm at, it's, uh, I do enough projects that my insurance is always current and it's, uh, I mean, that's, you know, not obviously everyone's issue, but you know, there's, there's ways you can get by without having that. It's a, it's a big expense and it's, uh, uh, and there's multiple other ways, uh, you know, your guys working up the code or y'all taking some kind of a shortcut that, yeah, maybe it cuts your labor time by 30%, but you know, maybe you're, you're putting your, your guys at risk of, uh, of an issue. Um, I can assure you that no property, nobody wants anybody to get hurt on a job. Uh, but a property manager does not want you to bring somebody out there and get hurt on their job any more than you do. You know, it's, uh, you know, so, so safety's, paramount like never cut corners on on safety never try to speed through a job and you know and it's, again this kind of all depends on which aspect of the the business we're talking about uh 
I mean, safety's paramount, uh, no matter what you're doing. Uh, there's obviously some things we do where, you know, safety can cause a, a lot more issues than others. So, you know, in a residential job, it's, you know, you want to be safe. You want to set your ladders upright and whatnot. But if you start getting on buildings and, you know, coming off of rooftops with ropes, you know, obviously, you know, a mistake can be a lot worse, you know, yeah. a lot worse in some areas than others. Uh, so, you know, just trying to make sure that you, uh, that you take care of the job and the, and you allow yourself enough time to do it, do it safely and properly. So I wouldn't, awesome. I wouldn't want to cut corners on that. No, absolutely. I don't want anybody hurt and that I'm sure they don't want anyone hurt on their property right. and that insurance I know has got to be, uh, man, that, and I hear people complain. I know that's, I know that's expensive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be. <laughs> you just thought taxes were expensive, <laughs> uh, but you know that that's uh, it's a very vital, and and you know that could be something that um, you know that can mean uh, it could even mean a job. You know, it could mean even some of the things that you're doing. I I'm, I have no doubt that if something were to happen, and then you've got clients that are finding out you didn't insure your guys properly, and now. You know, what, what are they looking at? Is someone going to try to come in and do something different? Or are they looking at someone trying to sue someone else? You know, there, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, of logistics that go into, into play into that. But Nobody I, I know. Property. I mean, I know that, <laughs> yeah. I no. the employee from the employee to the building owner to anybody in between. Like nobody wants an accident. And Absolutely. Uh, you know, but if you if you start dealing with people that are trying to if they're trying to get a job on price, you know, to me, that's not, you know, that's not the kind of customers I want. I don't want a customer that's going to award the job on price alone yeah. uh, because there's a lot more to it than that. And, you know, so if you've got to cut corners somewhere, if that's where you're, if that's where you're competing, if the only thing that matters is price and I've, I've got to figure out a way to make my price less than yours. And, and what I've told customers in the past is, you know, we're all selling the same thing. We're selling, we're selling man hours uh, because what we do is extremely it's a labor, it's a labor focus, uh, you know, market. I mean, there's equipment can, you know, can offset some time, especially when you get to pressure washers and you're going to have, you know, bigger equipment that covers more area faster. But for the most part, you know, what we're doing, everybody works with the same, same tools. Uh, nobody's going to be extremely faster than somebody else. Uh, so if there's a big discrepancy in price, then there's a big discrepancy in how many hours somebody's allowed for a job to take place. Um, and you know, we've done enough work. I kind of know where our hours are supposed to be. So it's, there's normally not big discrepancies. If, uh, you know, we might be off 10%, but you know, we're not, we're not misjudging a job by 40%. Uh, so if somebody is, they're cutting the corners. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so one of the last things here, when it comes to like goals, um, so I, I, I feel like a lot of guys, they kind of, um, do not set goals. They don't, they, they don't focus a lot and they may have something in their mind. Do you suggest setting like clear and precise goals each year or maybe even quarterly or uh, what, what are your thoughts around trying to get clarity on that? And how do your employees respond to that? I agree. I think a lot of people neglect, um, looking down the road uh, i think it's i think it's really important that you you establish your vision uh you know down the road uh you know three year three year five year goals uh but you really kind of you know maybe you have those and they're just 
you know, they're there and you talk about them, but then you set, you know, one year goals that kind of move you towards that target. Uh, and off those one year goals, you need to try to set quarterly goals. They're going to kind of move you towards your one year goal. And, you know, I guess it's kind of like, you know, if you're, if you're dieting or working out, uh, you know, it's that delayed gratification. You know, you don't, you're not going to get instant results because you set a goal and you did something today. But if you know this, this week, you're supposed to do this and this month, you're supposed to get this done. And this, by the end of this quarter, you're going to have this much done. Then you'll be able to tell that by the end of the year, you're actually getting to that area you want to be. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's, I think it's extremely important that you set goals, uh, that you write them down, that you share them with people, you share them with your team members, uh, I mean, share them with your family. Uh, I mean, you know, cause once you, once you say it and it's out there, then people will hold you accountable and it kind of helps you hold yourself accountable because then you, you know, you don't, you want to fulfill what you said. Uh, but yeah, I think it's really important to, to set goals and, and really try to follow through with them. And, and, and if you miss one, you know, don't give up, kind of reset your target and, you know, and get back out. Nice. Kurt, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. You have any final thoughts for anyone that, that, uh, might maybe listening today that, um, is looking and grasping for any information that they can get from somebody successful like you? Man, I wish, I mean, I wish I knew what's what the secret formula was. I mean, I think the, you know, the main thing is keeping your eyes open for opportunity because, I guarantee you I missed opportunities this week. I don't, I mean, I don't know where I missed them, but they're there. Uh, they're always there. They're all around us. And it's just uh, trying to keep your mind open and trying to figure out how, how one thing you hear, how you could try to work that into an opportunity that works towards, you know, what your goals are and where you're trying to get. But um, it's really uh, just, you know, be aware of all the opportunities around you because, because I promise they're there. It just takes a little time to, to identify them. Awesome. Awesome. Once again, Kurt, we thank you so much for coming on the Under Pressure podcast. Uh, we'll be talking business and everything under pressure. We'll have you on again, hopefully, if you're up for that uh, in the future. We'll kind of revisit and see uh, what 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 expansions have taken place. Okay. Looking All forward right. to it, yeah. Fantastic. All right, guys, thank you for listening. If you have any questions or uh, if you want to comment on this podcast, please do. I will go back and look at that and we will try to address those and talk to you more. Um, and we just thank Kurt for coming on and helping us out today. So you guys have a good time and thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks Bye -bye. for having me.